Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Welcome back, everyone, and a special welcome back to Dr. Michelle Mazur. She has been on the show before, although it's been quite a few years, which is kind of a reminder of exactly how long I've been doing this podcast for you guys. Michelle Mazur is a messaging expert who works with brilliant business owners who are shaking things up by having trouble talking about it. She combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills she earned in her communications PhD to help them craft their powerful, captivating message. The author of The Three Word Rebellion, host of the Rebel Uprising podcast, and featured in Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and Inc., she knows that speaking about what you do in a clear and captivating way is the key to reaching the people you could help the most and making more money in the process. Okay, that's her official bio. We got that taken care of so you know exactly why she has the chops to talk about this. I'm really excited to dig in because we're talking a lot about crafting an argument for why people should work with you and not just any person down the road and how you can do it by avoiding the schemy and slimy tactics that unfortunately so many in the online world are using today. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview. All right, Michelle, I am super excited for this conversation. I say that basically at the start of every show, but you get an extra special one because you have the great honor of being a repeat guest on the No Like and Trust show. Oh my gosh, I do feel very honored. I know it's been, what, six years since we last chatted on your show, so it's been a (laughs) while, but I'm excited to be back. Yeah. I like that you said honored as if it's like a real honor because, you know, like there's like, oh, I've done this, this, and this, and I've been on Britney's show twice. I, I mean, it doesn't quite cut that list, but you know, I like But it, it. means a lot to me. <laughs> good. That sounds good. Um, well, I've been following you for a while, if the listeners cannot tell here. <laughs> and um, I just, I love everything you do. And I love how you talk about messaging and I've been an avid listener of your own podcast, as well as your podcast that you co-host with Maggie Patterson, Duped. It's just such a fantastic show that I think anyone in the online business world, like, owes it to themselves to come check out. So, you know, Mm -hmm. nod, nod, wink, wink, everyone. But um, you have the three-word three-word rebellion. And Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it is three worlds of rebellion. I don't know. But (laughs) it could be. That very could be. That could be true. (laughs) But I, I would like to talk about that a little bit. And sure. um, I I saw when you originally launched it several years back, and it's so intriguing to me. I know that you've revamped your book and you're moving on and you've got, you know, obviously a fantastic roster of clients, but, but how did you first happen upon this? Yeah, I happened upon this when I was at a point of, I just can't do this anymore in my business. So before I had this iteration of the business, I was working with speakers, doing public speaking coaching and helping them write their keynotes and do their speaker marketing. And I noticed two things. The first thing I noticed is I really don't like the speaking industry. It doesn't pay speakers. Everybody wants your 
you know, your knowledge for free. I don't feel like that's a fair energetic exchange, especially for the experts I was working with. So that was the first thing I noticed. And I was just like, don't know if I can do this anymore. The second thing was I was also seeing my clients take their speech and then use it in a variety of surprising ways. So it would show up in their website copy. It would become like a three-part launch series for their new program. It would become blog posts and podcast interviews. Like it just had this life of its own. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. I'm like, I wonder if there, like, I didn't know. I was like, I wonder if there, I could do something with this. Like, is there another iteration of this business? So I took a pause because it was Christmas time and I always take a pause. And I noticed an int- another third interesting phenomenon is that what social movements, social movements like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, Time's Up, and entrepreneurs that I really respected and admired, like Simon Sinek and Start With Why, Mel Robbins and The Five Second Rule, they had something in common, and that was communicating the change they wanted to create in just a couple of words. And in my head, I was like, huh, I took a social movement class in graduate school, and there are questions you ask to build your social movement. Things like, what are you rebelling against? What change do you want to create? I was like, I wonder if I took those questions, asked my clients to answer them, could we come up with a core message? So we started playing with it and I would just let them free write and then I would do some analysis and I found it to be really effective in getting to the essence of their message, the essence of the change they wanted for their clients and for the world. So I got super excited. I was like, this is fascinating. And I told um, my friend, Jenny Nash, she's a book coach, because I was thinking about um, revising my first book, which is Speak Up for Your Business. And then we were having lunch and talking about it. And I was, she's like, well, tell me about this new idea you have. And so I told her and she's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. She's like, you could call it something like the three word speech. And I'm like, I like the three words. I don't like the speech part. I really want to move away from that. But after that lunch with her, I just sat there and I'm like, three words. That's, that isn't, that's intriguing. And then it just hit me. My brand is communication rebel. It's the three word rebellion. And it all kind of just fell together. And I'm like, Ooh, like it, it, I had that moment of like, I just know that I'm onto something here. Like this could be a really powerful framework to help people communicate what their business is all about. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. Like uh, the first thing I did was I created a webinar to talk about it, not to sell anything. I just wanted to get people's feedback and see if they thought it was as cool as I thought it was. And they loved it. They thought it was great. And I got lots of good feedback that helped me really form the book and even form like the services that I'm still deliver to this day. It's so funny because, right, like, you know, the three-word speech, it didn't fit. You're like, I like it. There's something here. Maybe pull a few threads there and go take a shower or, like, (laughs) go take a spin class or go chop some vegetables situation for me because I get that feeling a lot of times. And, and yeah, you already had the rebellion thing going for you, right? But, like, (laughs) it's something that I think another person would have been like, I like it, but, you know, I don't don't, don't love it. And they might have moved on to a whole different thing. Yeah. And not hold those threads. 
Yeah. I have sometimes see that where people are like, well, I like this. I don't love that. Love it. And I'm always like, if you like it, put it out into the world and see what happens because you can always evolve that message. I think people are like, well, if I put it out there, then I just have to stick with it for the rest of my life. It's written on my tombstone. And I'm like, no, no, you can really, you can change the stuff at any time. Nobody's paying that much attention to you to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all think we're very important, but it turns out we're not. So. No, we really aren't. Um, so I know that you have obviously your framework. If, if someone's not seen your book, not seen your website, not heard your podcast, all of that, you know, where would someone start with this? And, and let's, let's pull back the perspective just a little bit, right? Most of my clients and most, I think of the audience listening to this show has been in business for a little while. They've probably Mm -hmm. gone through a couple shifts Mm -hmm. and, and even, even me, you know, I've gone through several shifts. The last time you and I spoke, spoke, um, I was selling quite different services than I am yes, today. Yes, you were. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and you know, like I, I've looked at the things I've done and I could probably look back at what I was doing at the time and pull a good three word rebellion out of it. But, you know, I, I shift, I, I move. And when something becomes interesting to me and I realize that there's a real need for it in the marketplace, I'll probably find a way to offer that unless I'm really stuck on something else. So, mm-hmm. so how do you approach that for people who have been in business for a while and they've done a few different things. And I'm not talking necessarily about like the multi-passionate people. I'm talking about people who are just doing business, but things shift along the way. Yeah. Well, I think that's the power of a three-word rebellion because it's a, it's the overarching message that sits above your business. And if you do it well, you're able to grow into it and shift it and morph it as it needs to be. Um, because I think that's one thing people worry about. It's like, well, if I do a three-word rebellion for this business, and then what if I change my offers? It's like, well, most likely what you will be offering, unless you're going for something like, I do astrology and now I'm going to do accounting. Yeah, your message is not going like, to apply. Like that's just not going to work. But if you're evolving and pivoting within a certain industry or niche or, your, or the way you solve a problem evolves, that message should be able to grow with you. And you can just refine it, refine how you talk about it. Um, because one of the things I do, like once I find somebody's three word rebellion, the next thing we have to answer is like, okay, how do I get people to buy into this idea, right? How do I persuade them? How do I move them from not knowing me to being interested in working with me? And for that, it's like, okay, so we take those three words and we kind of define it. So really what you end up doing is refining that client decision journey and not really the core message itself. I love that. And yeah, I can actually, even my own business, see that things I would say now are still pulled from from where I came from. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned persuade, right? And I know mm-hmm. that persuade can be a naughty word at times. And <laughs> it can also be used in a really great way. So yes, my feeling is that if you have a core message that you can distill into a small handful of words, especially if they're easily communicated words, right? There's there's not a lot of mm, subterfuge there. Mm-hmm. Like you're pretty dang clear about what you're doing. Yes. But then you add like the, the persuasion layer, shall we say, and, mm-hmm. and you can start kind of getting into weirder areas. So, you know, when you're talking about really selling people on the message, 
Can you dive more there? Yeah, for me, so the way that I look and approach persuasion, there is a theory, I'm not going to bore you with it, called the elaboration likelihood model. And basically, these two researchers found that there are two paths to persuasion. And the first path is relying on the social triggers. So like scarcity and FOMO and fear and authority and social proof, like all of those kind of manipulative things we see in the online space, it shuts down our critical thinking. And then we make a decision decision based more on emotion than is this the best decision for my business? The second path to persuasion is about building an argument for your work. And this is about centering your potential customer's agency, their ability to make a decision. Your goal is to make a compelling case for why people should work with you. So that often looks like talking about like where they currently are, what they're struggling at, naming the problem, naming the villain for them and then showing like how does your solution actually fit into this and how does it like slay that villain help you with the problem and so you build out a compelling case and then at the end of it they decide yes this is for me or no it is not and that's really what the goal of our marketing and PR efforts are is like how do I build this compelling case to prepare people for my work and yes they can say no to me like they you know somebody might listen to this podcast and think oh my gosh Michelle is great I'm gonna go check out her website and download whatever she has to offer they do that they get the couple of emails and they might be like, oh, this three word rebellion thing, it's not for me. And then they unsubscribe or they're like, oh, the three word rebellion. This is for me. I'm going to get the book. They get the book. They read the book. They're like, I really could use some help with this. OK. And then they end up booking a call. So it's a, so like I, through my content, I have built this case for why messaging is important, why you need to think about it, why you need to build an argument for your own work. And that gets people prepared to work with me. And I think that's the way I look at persuasion. It's like you give people the information they need, you make your best case, and then they get to decide. I love the way you phrase that, the building an argument, building a case for why they should work for you. It's not saying... I'm building a case for why all these other people worked for me or with me. It's why you might work with me and what benefits you're going to get out of it. And you, you, you gave the example of someone, you know, hopping over to your website, downloading your thing, getting a few emails and being like, peace out, right? Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. I yeah. love those unsubscribes because that means everything I have put out there is doing its job. Yeah, because I mean, our content should help people make a decision. I think the worst thing is just to languish in indecision or or especially languishing in indecision because they don't know what exactly you do or how you can work with them <laughs> because, yep. because it's it's painful to be like, oh, is this the person who can help me? Is this the person who can solve my problem? And if the answer is yes, that's great. They want to take the next step. But if you never give them that information, if you never build the case, then they don't know and they can't make a decision. And that just sucks. It sucks for you. It sucks for them. Well, and like, you know, so many of the quote unquote online marketing things that I know you don't love and I also don't love, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of them come from a place where it started out good. And I think 
you know, like what you're saying, right? You're languishing on someone's email list. You have not the clearest picture of what they do. You're not really sure why you're there, but you don't unsubscribe because they don't email with a great consistency or frequency. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, three months, four months later down the road, you get an email from them and you were never clear on who they were to begin with. So they've kind of fallen off in the memory world. Mm -hmm. And I, this happens to me all the time. I I get an email in my inbox and the name sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. I'm like, why am I on this list? This doesn't make sense to me. Why would I do this? And, and maybe they were always talking about the same thing. Maybe they were not. Mm -hmm. But they clearly haven't built enough of a case that I have a strong memory of who they are. And and that's never a good situation, right? So when you hear, you know, email marketers say, you know, be consistent, always email like about these certain things. Like the reason for that is so people remember who you are. But if you had that stronger argument and you weren't maybe the most consistent, even if that's, you know, the better option, they'll still remember you because your argument had merit in their world. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said of like, there's two different types of consistency, right? There's consistency, which is frequency, and then consistency of message. When you email, are you on message? Are you furthering the argument for your work? Or are you just emailing with some random story that happened that day because you need to warm people back up because you have a launch coming? So like, I feel like you can be like more frequency inconsistent if you're just consistently on message because people will remember you as being, oh, the messaging girl or whatever it is that you do or or the success coach or whatever it is. Like that's what you want, but you have to be on message in order to get there. I love that. Different kinds of consistency. That was definitely a bit of a like, oh, I should remember that one. (laughs) So thank you. I want to talk a little bit about, if it's okay, Mm -hmm. the the idea that if you are in the marketing world, that you should be able to figure out all of the stuff on your own. I fall into this trap like Mm -hmm. every month, maybe, (laughs) you know? And, and, And the reality is, you know, I'm so close to my own work. It's really hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I often get insights where I'm like, I am brilliant. I can rock this. I am so good. And then I, you know, a mere couple of days later, I'm like, what am I doing here? What? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. And and I know that you and I have talked about this like, you know, in the in the long past, but where does someone go when they're like, I, I have an idea. I think this might be like the beginnings of a thing. Can we pull some more threads at it? But what's next? Like, how do we get there? Yeah, I think when you're in that idea phase. So it's interesting because I tend to work with people who are established who have an offer, but every once in a while I get someone who is like in that new phase, like they have an I good idea. They know that there's a need for in the marketplace, but then they just don't have the clarity with it yet. So for some people I'd be like, oh, well, you need to like do some audience interviews, figure out like what the need is for your idea. Do people need it? How would they see it like interacting in their life? And for other people, it's like, okay, you've done some of that work. It's like, well, let's figure out how do you want to talk about this? How do you want to communicate this message, this idea? And even for people, like I have worked with people who've been in business for 10 years or more, and they've relied on word of mouth and they get to a point where they're just like, 
I want to show up with a message so my marketing actually works. And the thing is, it's like there we are all way too close to our own messages to see it clearly. Like I have worked with a lot of branding people, marketing people, other messaging people on their brand message because they can do it for other people all day long. And we just can't do it for ourselves. Like if Jenny wouldn't have said to me, oh, it's the three word speech. I don't know if I would have gotten to the three word rebellion without her feedback. Like it would have been impossible. So I think when you're in that place where it's like things aren't working for you as well as you'd like, and you're you're like, you have all of these ideas and you don't know how to communicate them. You know what you have is valuable and that you want to reach more people. That's the time when it's like, all right, I need some help. I need to get this sorted. I need to get some clarity around it. All right. Which leads me to like the whole next thing, right? So you have clarity. Maybe if you've even chosen your version of your three-word rebellion, how do you get it out there and not get sick of your message? Because <laughs> I actually, my clients say this to me all the time. I already said that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you got to say it again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you've got to say it a lot. So, I mean, there's a few things. Number one, I always feel like our messages, especially once we kind of lay them out, have way more nuance and depth. In fact, I was working with a client and we're like in her implementation time for getting her message into her marketing. And she's like, I am surprised at how many angles I can talk about this idea, this three word rebellion from. So she's always like, and I do the same thing. It's like, I can always generate new angles, especially to reach audiences who don't know me yet. So there's always going to be some freshness. There's always new stories you can tell. There's going to be a book that you read that blows your mind that relates to what it is you do that you can bring into the message that doesn't get you off message. You're literally not repeating yourself again and again and again, <laughs> but it's like finding those angles. And sometimes in, in high risk situations, like sales conversations, you're on a TEDx stage, you're doing podcast interviews, you do want to repeat yourself. Like you want to know what you say works. So that is the first thing. It's like, there are going to be times when slipping into your message and saying the same thing is going to be the most confidence boosting, like comfortable thing that you could do, especially in more of those high stakes situations. And the second thing I would say is that you need to stop thinking that you have to be the one who has to constantly talk about your work. You have to create marketing assets in your business that relay the message, right? Whether that is a book, a training, um, your email sequence that goes out when people first subscribe to your list. Like those are all passive ways you can share your message. Like we were talking about this beforehand, like my book drives the vast majority of my business. And I'm not rewriting it every day. Yes, I promote it. Yes, I will talk about it. But it's not like this, like, oh, I have to say the same thing again. It's like, no, I've created this asset. It's really cool. It's really helpful. My job is to help 
get it out in the world. And then a cool thing happens where I had um, like I had a sales conversation last week and she found out about me through her business coach who makes all of her clients read my book. And I didn't know who this person was. And that's when you know your message is out there working for you. And I I mean, all I did was create the book. She found it. She read it. She loved it. Now she gives it to all of her clients. So that is what you're going for. It's not always this active thing. I mean, for a while, you are the main steward of your message. But after a while, it starts gaining its own momentum and it's it's more passive than it was before. So for me, I don't get sick of it because there's always new angles and I know it's out there doing its job. Yeah. I, I love what you said. First of all, you don't have to be the one that's always sharing it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Your assets are doing a really good job of doing the heavy work in your business. But as for the the former point where you're like, you know, there are times that you really do want to stick to your message when you are doing a guest interview, when you are doing a TEDx talk, right? Um, you know, maybe maybe have that and be good and practiced and, you mm-hmm. know, solid. It, but it, that's so different than hopping onto a quick Facebook Live. You know, it's yeah. so different than putting out a LinkedIn post or, you know, writing a blog post that you can direct a pin to, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are the areas where, you know, maybe you tell a different story, you know, maybe you have a different lead in, right? Yeah. You can have so much more creativity, especially with social media. Social media is this like one big giant experiment where you're just trying to figure out what is going to work to get people interested in my work and onto my email list, right? Like that is what you're trying to do there. (laughs) And so I, I just... You know, for me, it's like, yeah, there's always a new angle. There's always a new story. There's always a new learning or you have a conversation with a client that sparks something for you. But when you know what your message is, you know how to use those moments to freshen up your content instead of writing something completely new that says the same thing. Very good. Well, Michelle, where can people find you? Obviously, we've been talking about the three-word rebellion, so it's pretty easy to Google, uh, but beyond that. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at drmichellemazur.com. And if you're interested in the three-word rebellion, there's a free taster at threewordrebellion.com. And I'm always, well, less so on Instagram these days, but I'm always in my DMs. So feel free to connect with me at Dr. Michelle Mazur, slide into my DMs, tell, tell me what you took away from today's show. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me back. Of course. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that time with Dr. Michelle Mazer. I love talking to her as always. As you can tell, she and I have been circling around each other for for quite a while at this point. And I have actually read her book, Three Word Rebellion. I highly recommend you go out and pick that up. It is a wonderful, wonderful way to not only get some better ways to communicate your message, but to see how you can set yourself apart and and really own your place in the marketplace. I hope you guys enjoy that. If anything in this message was of value to you or it kind of, you know, mm, sparked an idea that maybe someone you know could hear this as well, please forward it on to them. It's the best way to share wonderful information with your friends. See you next week. 